0: drink coffee at night
1: i never drink coffee ever never but Me- i drink a oh. lot of milk <laughs>
2: i don't drink coffee either
0: i like mine probably not at seven o'clock at night though
2: <laughs> <laughs> i'll be in trouble <laughs> keep you up i'll be like why am i wide awake
1: Peggy, what do you do you drink anything like tea or ah uh, pop
2: oh yeah <laughs> uh-huh. what kind root beer
1: oh a and w
2: a and w has to be a and w
1: you like floats mm-hmm. i like coca-cola and i like vanilla coca-cola and I really like the cherry vanilla Coca Cola. Have you mm. had that?
2: I'm not a Coke person. Sorry, mm. I don't drink any pop. Oh, I wish I didn't. I
0: wine, water, mm. and coffee. Although I've been off sugar for 44 days, so I haven't had any wine. Oh, mm-hmm. no sugar, or wheat day 44. Wow, I'm not twitching anymore. I was say, how are you holding up? <laughs> oh, so Peggy has. What's your first name? Is it Margaret? No. You said that emphatically. Like I used everybody to. Everybody asks you that?
2: Everybody. My, I had this teacher at school who insisted that my name was Margaret. Now, I know my name, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know? And she even one time, she said, you bring in your birth certificate. I don't believe you. <gasps> nope. Peggy Ann? hmm
0: So you still live in Lisbon, right? I still live in Lisbon. Born, <clears throat> raised. What's after raised? <laughs> um... <laughs> born and raised in Britain no born bred raised and grown in Lisbon Ohio Yep. and were your kids blue devils
2: well no my grandkids were blue devils my my kids went to school at southern local Indians.
1: Indians yeah
0: that's still didn't change it yet no nope, not yet
1: the guardians pretty soon
0: southern locals changing to that too <laughs> I'm just saying oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's the trend <laughs> What does the Guardian look
1: like? You know the, the logo? Gar- I think it's to reference those big statues that they have on the, the, the road coming, that main road coming into Cleveland. Like stone. something you see in Lord of the Rings. Like they look very regal.
0: Yeah, you were a blue devil. <laughs> What's the difference between a blue
1: devil and a red devil? I don't
2: know. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody must have thought there was a difference. I'm not sure what it was, but.
1: What'd you do in high school?
2: I existed. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, my high school years were not fun.
0: Tell us about your upbringing and why high school was not fun.
2: When I was 12, my mother committed suicide. My father was a an alcoholic, not a nice alcoholic. When he was drinking, he was ugly, he was mean, he was abusive, I think... That in my heart, I always blamed my dad for m- my mother's suicide because of the way he treated her. I don't know. After years, when I grew up, I kind of forgave him and we did have a relationship later in life. She passed away in October. Around Christmas time, we went to live with an aunt and an uncle. Right after my mother passed away, my aunt took in my youngest sister, who was only three at the time, and I think um, when she took my little sister in, at the time we were, my other siblings and I were living still with our father, and he was not being a father. Uh, we never had anything to eat. We didn't have clothes. My sister and I were trying to, my sister is a year younger than me, and, um, we were trying to take care of my brothers, who were in second grade and first grade, if I remember right. So we were trying to make sure that they were not out running the streets. And But anyhow, um, our neighbor was going to turn my dad into children's services because he was not taking care of us. So my aunt, who took in my youngest sister, She was afraid that if she didn't take the rest of us in, that my youngest sister would be taken from her. So she let us all, we all went to live with her and her husband.
1: How many of you were there?
2: There were five of us. Okay. This was my mother's sister. They had no children of their own. They were not nice people. We were not allowed to touch your TV. We were not allowed to get in the cabinets and and get anything to eat. If we wanted something, we had to ask permission. We were not allowed to (laughs) laugh, talk, sing. When my sister and I got older, you know, when you're a young girl in high school, you know, there are personal hygiene things that you like to do. Shave your legs. We were not allowed to do that stuff. We were not allowed to wear deodorant. So, when you're in high school and you're you know, you are not allowed to do those things and and people look at you like, I, I don't I don't want to be around you or you know, you're you're ugly, you're you have no clothes, you don't dress nice, you don't smell very good. So, no, I didn't have a very good high school time. No.
0: <laughs> so that is like a story straight out of a tragic movie. Mm-hmm. There's so many movies about that. But when you meet people who actually live that experience and are on that.
2: Well, you know, it was not a fun time. But I think a good thing that came from it, my sisters and brothers and I, we were all very close. And we kind of looked out for each other. So, you know, that was a good thing.
1: I'm sure you had to grow up quick.
2: We did.
0: And yet, look, you're sitting in front of us, a beautiful woman, just precious, precious heart, and you serve so well in our church. Thank you, Beth. You ready to go? I'm ready.
1: I got my questions here.
0: Oh, I thought you like your pizzas here. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that's what he said too.
1: Then deliver.
0: (laughs) Welcome, Shine Podcast listeners. It's Beth.
1: It's Josh.
0: And we are here, not with Margaret. But with Peggy Ann. (laughs) Peggy Chestnut is our featured guest today. And we are so honored to have you here, Peggy. Thanks for coming. Thank you. We had to drag her back here (laughs) out of Tuesday night prayer into the podcast studio. Peggy was born and raised and grown and still lives in Lisbon, Ohio. She graduated from David Anderson High School and met her husband a year after, about a year after graduating from high school. She was married to Pete for 43 years. They've been separated for 10 years, but they had three children together two boys and a daughter, Donald and twins who were born on separate days, Stephen, who was born at 11.35 p.m., and Stephanie, who was born at 12.05 a.m., When Peggy's kids were in junior high and high school, she went back into the workforce after raising them and worked 30 years for the Developmental Disability Board. She worked with mentally challenged adults and was a workshop specialist for Columbiana County for 30 years. She's been retired for the past four years. Peggy has three grandkids two boys and a granddaughter that she spends a lot of time with. She has been at the Upper Room for eight years. And since retiring, she's she's involved in so many things at the church. She is in the Helping Hands ministry. She's a greeter. She's on the prayer ministry team. She comes to Tuesday night prayers. She's in a shine group and a home group. And she's even led some home groups she loves to read and spend. she spends a lot of time with her grandkids and serving our community here at the church and her family. So welcome, Peggy. Thank you. Glad to be here. <laughs> so Peggy, tell us who or what turned your light on?
2: Well, this is going to be a little long. Ten years ago, my life was changed drastically. I was devastated. My husband... I found out that he was having an affair. He asked me to leave, so I did. One day after I left, after I moved out, his girlfriend moved into our home. I moved into a house probably two miles down the road from where he was living, Every day when I went to work or went to town or anything, I always had to pass that house. And she always made sure she was out in that yard, so I'd have to look at her. And her car was always parked out of the garage, so I'd have to look at that car. Anyhow, I was in a very dark, ugly place. I was. My heart was filled with hate, revenge. I just wanted to get even. Somehow, some way, I just wished that something bad would happen to both of them. At the time, I had a nephew who was coming here to the upper room, and he said, would you please go to church with me on Sunday? Because he knew I was having a really bad time. So he talked me into coming to church one Sunday with him. <laughs> I cried all through church. The whole entire time I cried, and I thought, what is wrong with me? After the message and we were out in the lobby, I was still crying, and Lynn Hamilton came up to me, and she said, you know, you are a daughter. You're not an orphan. She said, you are the daughter of God. She said, you are a princess, and I just looked at her, and I, really? Really? <laughs> Had, so, had you grown up at church? Like, have, had you been exposed? I was raised Catholic. Okay. Yes. And you went regularly? Not regularly, no. But I came back to church the next week. I've been coming ever since. And I think that... Do you cry the second week? I did not cry the second week. <laughs> no, I did not. But I think coming here turned on my light to Jesus. And I really don't know how to explain it. I just felt so loved and cared about. The first Sunday here, I thought when I left, I thought, I've never been hugged so much in my life. You know, everybody was hugging me because, you know, they knew I was upset. But there have been so many other people in this church that have influenced me, Marta and Greg, of course. Shirley, I had only been coming here a couple of weeks when I got a phone call from Shirley, and she asked me to join her shine group. And I thought, what is a shine group? (laughs) (laughs) But I said, yes, anyhow. I thought, well, I'll find out what a shine group is. This church is what turned on my light in my life. And it really took me out of that dark, ugly place. And I was not thinking very much of myself. I didn't know where my life was going to go. And I don't know where I'd be right now if I hadn't found the upper room.
1: Have you ever talked to your nephew about that?
2: I have, yes. And he knows how grateful I am that, you know, he brought me here. Yeah.
1: It sounds like that one invitation changed a lot.
2: Yeah, it changed my you. whole life. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. She's yes. like
0: a total transformation story. To hear that story, you know, you're full of hate and revenge. And that's not even the same Peggy we know. <laughs> like, Peggy, has, you've totally been transformed by the love of Jesus. And you have jumped in two feet just eager to learn. Peggy's been in many Sunday school classes with me, and we've done a lot of learning, and she's so hungry and eager and faithful. And to see you serving and giving back and praying for people, uh, just a total transformation. So yay Jesus for that. (laughs) Thank you, nephew, for inviting. Mm -hmm. So if any of you are out there and you're like, I have a a hot mess that I should invite to church. (laughs) invite them see peggy be like peggy that's amazing to me
1: yeah and you hear about the guy who saved billy graham or the guy who's credited with introducing him to jesus uh, mordecai ham you know that man's decision to talk to billy graham changed things for lots of people all the people that he had an influence on And I just think it's interesting how one decision can change so much and god can use one decision one conversation to change a person's entire life yeah, Pretty yeah. awesome.
0: Can you talk to us a little bit about the process of going through forgiveness with your with Pete?
2: You know, I still struggle with that. There have been so many times that I have prayed, and I know and believe in my heart that I have to forgive both of them. And, and you know, I'm at fault too. It takes two people, I guess, to mess up a marriage. But I still struggle with that forgiveness thing. There are times when I say I'm laying this down, Jesus. I'm I'm putting this burden down, and I am not picking this up again. And next thing I know, those mean, ugly thoughts are back in my head again. And I just tell myself, you have to keep your eyes focused on Jesus and let that go. I want to be forgiven for things that I've done in my life, and God to forgive me for those things that I've done. So I need to forgive them and and just finally just let it go. But that's That's a struggle.
0: Well, I really appreciate your honesty in that, because I think that is probably a normal reaction for many of us who have been hurt or wounded. And sometimes forgiveness, it's you get up every day and you say it, I forgive them. And you may not feel it, but you're going to say it and you're going to walk in obedience. And I do believe that our feelings will catch up with our obedience and, and our words that we speak. I forgive, I forgive, I forgive. I don't feel like it. I thought I already (laughs) did, but here I am again today feeling this way. And it's just an act of faithfully laying it down, even if it's daily. And sometimes when it, you know, you've been wounded and it's a fresh wound, sometimes it's hourly. You may have to be like, I just, Lord, I give it to you, I give it to you. Because we are human and sometimes it is hard to forgive. But I think the act of obedience where you're choosing to say, I forgive, it does get easier. And Jesus can help you in that process. Right. So I, I appreciate you being honest about that. Because if people look at other people, and they're like, Oh, they're just fine with all that. <laughs> you know, It's not probably true. But Jesus calls us to he commands us to. And so when we walk in obedience, even if we don't feel like it, that's a good thing.
2: It's also hard to not be... I struggle with being jealous of my grandkids. They still have a relationship with their grandfather. It's hard for me to accept that because I don't want to be the grandmother who puts hate in their heart. It's hard for me to see them spend time with him and, and her and have a good time. I know that's wrong, but that's a struggle too.
1: I think God honors. Your effort, you know, to choose to forgive every day, and the deeper wounds are, the longer they take to heal. And I think God definitely understands that and just uh, honors the effort, because you know, like you said, Beth, we're human. That's really hard to lay, just lay stuff down. Again, I I just echo what she said and just appreciate your honesty in that, because I know a lot of people struggle with that. Forgiveness isn't as easy as saying the word. Sometimes it's got to be over and over and over and over and. I like what you said too, Beth, about your feelings catching up with your words and speaking it into existence. I like that.
0: One of my favorite analogies about forgiveness is, you know, when you have unforgiveness in you, you have a hook in your side and that hook is connected to that other person. And so you're the one that's being jerked around by this hook because you're still connected to that. But if you can take that hook out of you by offering forgiveness, then you are no longer tied to that person. And they can't just keep yanking you. So as painful as it is, it's more painful to continue to be hooked to that hurt. So releasing that and saying forgiving, I forgive them, it takes the hook out of you. Mm -hmm. Or I've also heard an analogy like unforgiveness is like drinking poison and hoping the other person (laughs) drops dead. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, it's, it's about God, I think God commands us to forgive because he knows the power that it has when we in a bad way, the power it has over us when we don't forgive. It's bitter, it's poison. And it's a hook that just keeps jerking you around. And so he wants us to have that freedom. And so when he commands us to do that, it's maybe not because that person deserves it, but it frees you up. And I do appreciate the fact that you just keep at it and you keep at it. And there's a psalm, search my heart, oh Lord, try me and see if there's any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. But when I feel things pop up in me, I'm like, oh. Oh, what is that? What is that? I just repeat that, you know, search my heart, O Lord, see if there's anything wicked in me and lead me in the way everlasting, because those things pop up in our lives, you know, jealousy or unforgiveness or bitterness or anger, or we'll just be driving around and all of a sudden you have this thought, you're like, where did that come from? (laughs) But I think if we're asking the Holy Spirit to come and giving him permission, like search my heart, Lord, see if there's anything wicked in me. He'll show us, and he does it in the most gentle, loving way because he wants us to be free of that.
2: Well, I've learned that all that hatred and holding that all inside of me didn't do anything but hurt me physically. They're happy, and I'm okay with that now that they're happy, and I'm glad that that he's happy, but... I have stomach issues now because of what I did to myself with stress and all that anger and hate that I probably will deal with the rest of my life. So let's not speak that over you. Okay. Take that back. I take that back. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Let's speak over you
0: that you're not going to struggle with for the rest of your life.
2: I'm not going to struggle with that for the rest of my life. There you go.
0: Amen. Yes. (laughs) But you're right when we hang on to that ugliness inside of us it can eat us
1: and i think that there is an amazing connection between the mind and body Mm -hmm. and your body is incredible i just speak this from experience of my my professional dr josh is speaking now (laughs) but your body can heal itself god made us in an amazing way i would never write anything off your body is capable of amazing things and your mind when when your mind tells you your body what to do it's capable of really amazing things so
0: talk to us a little bit more about that because josh has his doctorate in physical
1: therapy to be clear i'm not a medical doctor (laughs) (laughs) he is today (laughs) dr josh
0: oh so it's like a phd in physical therapy
1: you could think of it that way okay
0: anyhow dr josh with us (laughs) tell us how that works with our mind and body and our thoughts
1: I don't think that there's a very good medical explanation for it. I can say, you know, from the training that I've done with the military, they tell you that when you believe that you are at the end of what you're capable of, you're at about 40%. You have about 60% left to go. That's when you're telling yourself, I can't go any farther. Your mind is capable of pushing even farther and your body has more to go, but you need to be able to make that switch in your mind. I can go farther. And then your body can do it. Just in my experience, when I work with patients, the patients who tell themselves, I'll never get over this, I'll never get better, they don't. Their progress isn't nearly as good. I believe very much that if you took the same patient with the same diagnosis and the same comorbidities, the same age, and everything's the same, and you have one that is telling themselves and their family is telling them you can get better this is possible for you to get better the hope that they have will make them far better than the person who everything else medically is the same but they don't believe that they can get better or they allow the stress and anxiety of the condition to overwhelm them then i i don't believe that they will get as better as the person who has that hope i don't have any research to back that
2: up don't fact check us on the shine podcast okay that's just personal opinion i'm gonna believe that Woo, that's good i have so much hope for you peggy all right that's exciting yes that's awesome
1: so never say never I think that sounds maybe a little corny, but I really believe it's true that you can speak things over yourself and have an amazing impact on your physical health in a real way. Thank you. Yeah.
0: All right. Amen. We're having a session tonight.
1: <laughs> so, Peggy, tell us, what lights you up?
2: I love worship. Hmm. I just love Hearing Kate sing and Emily, I just think that they are so awesome, and it just makes me feel so good to sing and know that God is listening and that He's loving every second of it. Uh, I, I just, I love worship. That's my favorite time in church. I, I love it. So that
0: that was a new. Was that a new experience
2: for you eight yeah. years ago? Like, oh, yeah. not.
0: You know, coming from a Catholic background where you didn't go a lot, and then...
2: It was very different. The first week, I really didn't pay much attention to that because I was overwhelmed. But the second week when I came back, and just the the singing was different. Uh, The people's reaction to worship was different. The church that I belonged to before, everything was regimented. All the prayers were the same every week. It was it was the same, same routine, same songs, same prayers. But this was so free and just, I like people being able to express themselves when the kids would be up front dancing. And if you felt like you wanted to go up front and dance, it was okay. Uh, if you wanted to, to sing out loud and Everybody in the church could hear you personally singing, that was okay too. You know, it was just so different from what I was used to. The prayers too were different. When I pray now, it's a prayer that me personally is saying, not something that's been written. Not that there's anything wrong with that, with those kind of prayers, but it's coming from my heart, and Jesus knows that 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 prayer is coming from my heart. I love
0: the tool that we put in our bag, that's worship, because sometimes when you have no words, or you're just beyond yourself, and you're trying, you can't process it, or you can't sometimes even have the words to pray, when you worship, it changes things. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you may not even have the words. And I'm I'm sure we've all been in places where, I mean, it just happened this week, I had some really heavy things this week, and I didn't even know what to pray. I didn't even know what to pray. And so that's when you just you switch tools. And you're like, we're going into worship mode, because <laughs> I have no words to say about this situation. And It changes us. When we worship, we're giving praise to God, but it really, it changes us in that process.
2: Right, changes your whole attitude, I think, or it does for me.
1: Yeah, and when you add like the community of people Mm -hmm. around you worshiping too, it's like exponential. There's something about shared communal worship that's really special.
0: So tell us, Peggy, how are you letting your light shine right now in this season of your life?
2: Well, right now I have my grandson living with me. He struggles with uh, bipolar disorder, and he has a lot of issues as far as believing in God. So I hope that him living with me, that he can see that. Pray every morning. He watches me pray. He watches me read the Bible every morning. I'm hoping that that'll rub off on him, and hopefully that'll set him on fire. I keep hoping. I'm waiting.
0: Well, and sometimes, you know, providing a safe place for people who are struggling, you've allowed him into your home, you're sheltering him, you're feeding him, you're loving on him, and you're planting seeds. And you may not see the answer that you want to see at this very moment, but those you're planting seeds and such a beautiful thing. I hope so.
1: Yeah, there's a big influence on someone when they when they see someone else, you know, walking out things that they that they hear about, I think that there's such a negative connotation with faith in our culture today, and when someone can see someone who, like I, st- I still remember seeing, you know, my dad praying, reading his Bible as a kid, and I think that that planted seeds in me. And you also see it in stories in the Bible, um, even you know, with the prodigal son. The prodigal son had a, a great life in, at home with his dad, and then got out into the world and saw what the world is like compared to what his father was like, and came came back to the father. I think that you're planting those seeds, and those seeds have deep roots. So there's always going to be uh, an, an impact, you know, on your life and the actions that you're doing.
0: Talk to us how your prayer life has started or grown or bloomed. You know, I mean, you are faithful on Tuesday night prayer. You're on our prayer ministry team right now, and I just love this story. Like eight years ago, you came in here, you were a hot mess, not churched, and look at you! Look at you now. <laughs>
2: You know, when I was growing up, we lived above this couple, it was like a duplex, and the the couple that lived below us, they were, I think they were Nazarene, that was their faith, and I can remember my mom and dad talking about those holy rollers downstairs, because (laughs) we could hear them praying all the time, and they would have that music, that churchy music on, you know, (laughs) and they were always making fun of them. And I just, growing up, I thought, oh, those holy rollers, why would you want to be like that, you know? Until I started coming to church here, I thought to myself, you are now a holy roller. (laughs) 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 You have graduated, and you have become a holy roller. I love that. Look at you rolling. (laughs) I don't make fun of holy rollers anymore. (laughs) as far as my prayer life a lot of people have influenced me and encouraged me to do things uh, at this church that i never ever thought that i would ever do and praying for people was probably something that i thought no, i could never do that i just could never do that but when you're when you are asked to and it just it's hard to believe but it just comes natural when somebody asks for prayer, it—I really don't know how to explain it. It's because you're a holy roller now. <laughs> I, yes, because I'm a holy roller now. <laughs> but I like to pray for people. I oh, was I- thinking about that,
0: you know, because you're missing prayer right now. Thanks for being on the podcast. <laughs> Sorry but, about
1: that.
0: <laughs> 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 our schedules are crazy, but just the faithfulness of the group that you know, the groups that for years have gathered together and pray on a weekly basis. Come rain, come shine, come holiday, you know, like just faithfully praying. And we are so blessed because I think we see the fruit of that. And I was thinking about that, like the prayers of the saints and what they do for the church. You don't know about it. You don't get recognized. You you know, I mean you're just faithful servants that just are praying 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 for our community our church our leaders our people the members our friends and our family it just amazes me the faithfulness and i think where would we be without the folks who are praying diligently There are a lot of people that say, I'll pray for you, and you know they might throw up a little prayer, and we need those kind of prayers too, but the power of prayer and those people who are faithfully, faithfully praying for us when we don't even know it. I mean, you you probably don't even know what your prayers have done for people in the church and our community and your family and friends, so I really appreciate it. And if you're out there and you're free on Tuesday nights at 7 Mm p.m., Please. Come and join Peggy and Shirley and Greg and Marta and the rest of the crew and
1: the Holy Rollers. The
2: Holy Rollers, yeah,
0: Holy Rollers. We're gonna na- we're gonna name <laughs> your group. <laughs>
1: Grandma Shirley, (laughs) you know, she is one of those people who just inspires me when when I see her. And I think it's interesting that you went to her shine group and you're going to Tuesday night prayer with her. She told me that she believes that the prayers that she prays over people stay with them and and hover over them. And I think that's such a, a beautiful picture. It is something that you can't see, but when you can kind of visualize that, it does inspire you to pray more for people. I know that I've been the beneficiary of a lot of those Mm -hmm. prayers for sure. And I know a lot of people in our church have. And when you see someone who is sowing those seeds that you you might not see, you'll probably never know just the full effect that that will have somewhere down the line. But when you see someone doing that diligently, it really does inspire you to pray more.
2: You know, you have to look at Columbiana. The town itself, what a beautiful town it is. And the community, every time I come through this town, you always see people walking walking their dogs and you go to the park and it's it's full of people. And my sisters and I were talking about that. We usually on Wednesday night come to the park and we have dinner together. And I said, you know, I said, I honestly think one of the big things that this town should be so grateful and thankful for is you, they have people like Shirley who walks the streets of Columbiana and prays all the time. And I think that that makes a difference you know people feel safe they feel like they can enjoy walking and and uh, enjoy the park and i think that she makes a big difference with her prayers
0: i love it when i see her out walking the streets because you know they're shirley and mm-hmm. she's praying mm-hmm. she's praying for us
2: she's praying for mm-hmm. us
1: so peggy do you have any supernatural experience or encounter that you would like to share with us
2: you know I've heard people speak about the, the Holy Spirit. and the first time it happened for me was on a Sunday, Lori Bertelson's sister was here uh, speaking and um, at the end. And when I was she was praying, and while I was standing there, I experienced this overwhelming heat come over my body from the top of my head, clear down to my feet. and I was, I thought, what is happening to me? It, it really scared me. I didn't know what was happening. I ran out of the church. But I I know now that that was the Holy Spirit. Luckily for me, I experienced that one other time, the Holy Spirit. So before that, after that, after okay, after that, I used to make fun of people speaking in tongues. I I don't make fun of them anymore because (laughs) it's true, it really happens.
1: Because you're a holy roller now too. (laughs) I am a holy roller and I speak in tongues,
2: yes, yes. How has that changed your prayer life? If I'm praying and I don't know what to say or I'm kind of at a loss for words, that's when I kind of let that prayer language come out. And I know that I don't always understand what I'm saying, but I know God does.
1: That's great. Is it time for the wrap-up? Yeah, do you want to wrap up? I'm going to try.
0: Okay. (laughs) But I want you to
1: have... Wrap up the wrap-up? A backup (laughs) (laughs) wrap-up. Just listening to your story, I don't think that God puts difficult things into our lives, but I think that he is able to look ahead and see what's coming and see those valleys that are coming along and is able to prepare us for those things. Listening to your story, I think it's amazing how he prepared you for just different, different phases of life and gave you your siblings that you could have, you know, early on. And then how you were just taking care of people all, all the way through. I mean, we didn't really talk a whole lot about it, but The 30 years of service that you did with the developmentally disabled i think that your experience early on i'm sure equipped you for that and the seeds that you've sown there things and impacted people in ways that you'll never know and just continue to talk about that we don't always see the fruit the works that we do but god sees what you're doing and is able to work a beautiful garden out of all of the things that that you've gone through people a lot of times when they go through tough times, they want to blame God for those things. And that's understandable, easy thing to do. But I think that when you are faithful and just continue to pursue God, he's able to take the hard things and turn them into something beautiful. And that seems to me like what you've done with your life and you've faithful, even when it's really hard. And uh, I appreciate that. And, And your honesty and just being able to say, this is how I'm feeling, but I'm I'm really praying, you know, <laughs> I'm staying faithful. So I appreciate that about your story.
2: Thank you.
0: And I want to encourage all of our listeners out there. You know, Peggy was invited to church. I don't know if you were looking for it, if you even thought you were. No. She didn't want to be with the Holy Rollers. But I mean, someone reached out to you because they saw you were hurting and had gone through a heartbreak and invited you to church. And they they don't even go here. But how that has changed your life, like drastically, transformationally changed your life. Like you're not even the same person that you were eight years ago because of Jesus. And it all started with an invitation hey, come to church with me. And so if you're out there and you know someone who's struggling, who's having a hard time, and don't we all know people right now? Like, really, this has been a really hard season. We all know people and you don't have to fix them. You don't have to carry them. Just invite them to church and introduce them to Jesus because Jesus is the one who does the transforming work in us. And we are people with skin on that come alongside people. So if you're out there listening and you can think of someone who's, I need to invite them to church, then think about Peggy and her transformation and invite them to church. We'll love (laughs) them. So I love that, that you're a testimony to that. And you should be telling everybody, if you're not busy, Sunday, 1030. 500 Sponsella Road. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks Peggy. It's been so great yes, to hear you and your story and your heart and you're so precious and you're such a beautiful woman and a beautiful soul and we thank you so much for the service that you give our church and all the prayers that you pray and the work that you do behind the scenes. Thanks. Thank you. Make sure you tune in next week for another special guest. Bye. Bye.